What's going on, Packers fans? Aaron Negler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Thursday. It's almost Super Bowl Sunday. It doesn't really feel like it, though, does it? I don't know, man. A distinct lack of buzz this Super Bowl week feels like sitting here in New York City. Maybe it's the idea that it's down in Arizona. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. The two teams are exciting. I don't know. Maybe it's the playoffs haven't been that exciting. I don't know. But uh, Super Bowl Sunday and then the long, dark offseason with no football begins. I hate to think about it, so let's not. Let's think about uh, some things that will have to transpire throughout the offseason, including the Packers dealing with free agency and their pending free agents, and specifically some veteran wide receivers in Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb who are set to walk out the door. Now, I don't think there's any mystery here. When it comes to Randall Cobb, I suspect that if Aaron Rodgers is back, yeah, there's a good chance Randall Cobb is back. I don't think it's 100%, but a good chance. As for Alan Lazard, you have to think he wants to hit free agency. He is ready to strike while the iron is hot, so to speak. There are plenty of teams out there, including the Chicago Bears, which obviously run the same uh, kind of system that the Packers do with Luke Getze at OC. They've got a boatload of cap space. Got to think they, among other teams, are probably ready to scoop him up. Doubtful that the Packers can even make a competitive offer in that regard, and Allen probably knows this and is ready to go. And I've seen a lot of, I don't want to call it dismissive attitudes when it comes to the possibility of losing these guys, but I will say, I don't think it's as easy as, oh, we're just going to let those guys walk out the door and replace whatever production they may have had, even though it's, you know, not insanely uh, overabundant when it comes to yards, touchdowns, what have you. But man, that connection with 12, that is real. And if 12 is back as the quarterback, and even if he isn't, it's not like these guys um, are just like nothing and easily replaceable. And I just feel like, I don't know. And I get, you know, again, it's the offseason. We all kind of start looking at numbers rather than the tape or the actual games themselves. But Man, this past season was littered with any number of third down catches from Lazard and Cobb where, yes, and I know people are going to say, well, you know, Aaron's only looking for his buddies, which I think is kind of funny because he's just trying to find the open guy more often than not, especially if he's scrambling and things are broken down and he's trying to make something happen. Uh, Look at the game in Chicago. Randall Cobb has a incredible third down conversion on on a play where Rodgers is flushed out to his right and he finds Cobb on the right sideline and there were a number of plays like that where you know that connection or even that ability to stay alive to know my route is over oh the protection's broken down the quarterback's on the run i got to make something happen um it's not something that's just easily taught and or kind of just happens with a guy's game and look we don't have to look much further than the sammy watkins experiment to know that oh just bring in a cheap vet easily we won't skip a beat The Packers had a pretty major overhaul, one of their most significant when it comes to the wide receiver spot this past offseason coming into 2022. Got to say, it was a pretty bumpy flight along the way. Now, clearly, there's plenty of promise in the three guys that they drafted last year. And obviously, Christian Watson is the big kind of blue chipper, but Romeo Dobbs showed he belongs. And I think Samari Torre has a lot of promise as well. But you're going to need more than that. And without Lazard and without Cobb, there's a pretty significant hole there. So now look, we got a long way to go. It all hinges on Aaron's decision. So you can't really talk too much about it, but I did want to say just publicly, you know, don't take what Lazard and Cobb have offered for granted. 
regardless of who the quarterback is, because those are two veteran receivers who've done a lot of dirty work, both, you know, we talk a lot about Alan Lazard in the run game, but Cobb does as well. Hell, Cobb got hurt on a, on a play where his ankle got rolled up. He thought he was done. You know, thankfully he got to come back uh, like a month and a half later or so, two months later, but um, he does, did, does dirty work in the run game as well especially over the middle, over that, you know, from that slot position coming in and getting linebackers and safeties and stuff. So, yeah, I don't think anybody should be under any illusions when it comes to, yeah, the they're going to let all this experience just walk out the door and be able to hit the ground running next year. Now, granted, who knows what the offense looks like. It could be constructed very differently if Jordan Love is under center. But even if Jordan Love is the quarterback, you still want guys who have played in the league and know the offense like the back of their hand, like these two do. So I, I just you know hope that people aren't under any illusions that this is going to be easily replaceable if these guys walk. And that's all. Hello, everybody in the comment section. So good to see everybody. I can actually see the comments because I got new classes. Very exciting. Hope everyone's doing well. Good to see Brandy here. Uh, Vex, what's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. I can't believe how bad our safety depth chart is. Well, thankfully, they don't play anybody on Sunday. Yes, the safety depth chart is uh, uh, in flux. Let's put it that way. But we'll see what it looks like come uh, opening day, which is many, 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 many months away. What else we got, folks? What else we got? <laughs> Nagler already trying to soften the blow of 12 coming back. I'm not trying to soften nothing. Just spitting facts, that's all. Ryan, what's up, man? Thanks for Super Chat. If both Lazard and Cobb leave this offseason, Goody will need to sign a veteran wide receiver and draft a wide receiver. My Super Bowl pick is Eagles 35, Chiefs 31. Yeah, I could see that in the Super Bowl. I, I, my pick is the Eagles. I don't have a score because things are too random. But, yeah, I think the Eagles win. Um, as far as needing to sign a veteran and drafting a wide receiver, I think both are very, very probable. Um, there's no doubt they're going to have to bring bodies in. Um, now, look, who who knows what materializes out of the practice squad and what have you? But yeah, they're, they'll they'll be in the market um, in every avenue, no question. Maybe they trade for someone. You never really you never really can count that out either. Johnny Rivers, I feel like our safeties have been suspect since Micah Hyde left. I don't know. Maybe they haven't been big playmakers since Micah left. And even then he was playing more nickel than he was safety with the Packers. But, um, you know, I think Adrian Amos has been really good up until this past season. And I think there's no doubt that his game took a bit of a step back though. He really did kind of rebound late in the year. Uh, but you know, I think Adrian has been one of the more under appreciated players in the league, not just by Packers fans, but just around the league, as far as how well he played has played in green Bay. Uh, since being picked up in free agency. But that said, you definitely expected more out of Savage. You definitely expected him to be further along. You clearly didn't, you know, it's not a great idea when you're, or a great look when your former first round pick gets benched halfway through the year because he keeps leaving guys wide open and missing tackles. No, that's not a good thing. No question about it. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a spot. And what's, what's frustrating is that Savage looked like he was starting to ascend under Mike Pettin. In the old system, in that scheme, he looked like a guy who can make some plays and really seemed to be utilized. His strengths seemed to be utilized really well. Not so much these last couple of years. And I do think he played a bit better 
when called upon at the end of the year, when they used him much more in that big nickel role down in the slot, um, he seemed to start to kind of figure it out a little bit. Team still went after him a little bit, but I still think he held up a lot better than he had earlier in the season. So, but yeah, I feel you. It hasn't been great. What else we got? Is it just me or was the hiring of coaches in the NFL gotten really slow this year? No, John, it's not just you. That has been noticed and notable. Hell, there are still, I mean, the Cardinals still don't even have a coach. Neither do the Colts. And we're almost to the Super Bowl. You know, I do think and wonder how much uh, it is, you know, those teams are specifically looking at people on those staffs uh, in the Super Bowl. I know um, there's lots of other open positions, just coordinator-wise and other position coach-wise across the league. But, yeah, it seems slow played this year, definitely. And much, and I think it's noticeable. So, no, it is not, not just you. Jonathan, thank you for the super chat. Nags, did you see Aaron Jones' chat with Shannon and Skip? He seemed pretty confident in Jordan Love's development. I did not, because that would have required me to watch Shannon and Skip. Shout out, Shannon. I love you, but I can't watch Skip. Um, but I'm not surprised. I think most guys in the building are really quietly confident in Jordan Love. Um, you know, every time you do hear these proclamations in public, Inevitably, Packers fans, usually Rogers stands, say something akin to, oh, what's he expecting? Of course he's going to say that. And that's fine. I get it. But I do think in the building, there's a lot of confidence, especially on, from the players, from his teammates. So I'm hoping that confidence pays off and we see the, the beginnings of that development and that confidence uh, take the field next year in 2023. Here's hoping. Do I think Lazard and Cobb will be out the door? Callum, I do, for the most part. Now, I think a big part of it is Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron is back, I think Cobb is back. But if Aaron is gone, I think Cobb is gone. I think Alan Lazard is gone regardless. That's just my guesswork sitting right here. Myers needs competition. He's not really reached top gear. Robin, I could not agree more. Josh Myers coming into 2022, I thought, needed some time as far as taking a look at his entire game because, look, he missed a great deal of his rookie year right with that injury down in Chicago uh missed all the way up until I believe it was week 17 in Detroit and then he played in the playoff game so that was I think he played maybe eight games his rookie season uh so you flash forward to 2022 and you think okay let's give him the year and take a look never really reached a consistent level of play that had you thinking yeah that's our center for the next decade right um and I get it's still early. He's still a very young player, but I'm with you. I want competition at that spot. I want someone pushing him to either beat him out or make him better, force him to be more consistent to keep that job. Because look, regardless of who the quarterback is, it all starts up front and it all starts at center from protection calls to adjustments at the line of scrimmage, all of that stuff. You know, you're only as strong as you are through the middle of your offense, you know, through that interior line. And if the center is a liability, you're in trouble. You don't have to look much further than the last game the Packers played. Myers played a horrible game against Detroit, but so did most of the offensive line. But Josh was really inconsistent. There are so many plays that you can point to this season where you think, yeah, there, you see it. You see exactly what the Packers liked coming out of Ohio State. A really athletic, really strong guy who can get to the next level. Great at those combo blocks. Really able to move in the zone scheme. Get it. Totally see it. Unfortunately, you see way too many plays 
in addition to that, where he's ducking his head, he's getting beat off the line of scrimmage. There's guys two gapping him and throwing him around like a rag doll. Can't have it, man. Just can't have it. And if that's Zach Tom, if that's Elton Jenkins, I don't care who it is, but it's got to be some kind of competition heading into camp next summer because they need better play from the center position. Could not agree more. That's why I bleep skip. I hear you, Jonathan. I hear you. Man, do you do people really watch that show? Like, I can watch. I don't, but I can watch, like, clips of um, SAS. Like, I can watch First Take because I think Stephen A is hilarious. He's an entertainer, right? There's nothing entertaining about Skip. You know, he's just a former writer, reporter who knows how to troll. And that's it. Like, there's nothing entertaining about him. At least with Stephen A, like, it's funny and he's fun. And he's like, you know, going after Cowboys fans and what have you. Like, I love Stephen A, but because he's an entertainer. Yeah, Skip, I can't, I just can't. And I love Shannon. The 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 shame of it is, is I love Shannon Sharp. I love Shannon. But yeah, Skip, I just can't. I just can't do it. Uh, what else we got? What else we got, folks? Tell Josh Myers to watch the game, Jason Kelsey, the same Jason Kelsey tape in the offseason. Yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> the new glasses. Everybody talking about the new glasses. Well, these are temporary. These are the first pass. So these are the quickest easiest I could get. Uh, these are not my permanent, not going to be my permanent glasses, but just being able to see is uh, a blessing. So I'm, I feel blessed. Uh, what else we got? I will be completely honest at the very moment after the 20, 2007 season, when they said they wanted to move on from Favre, I disagreed as a fan at that time. What do I know? Man, and I understand that. I get that. I get all the Rogers stands saying they got to stick with Aaron right now. I totally get that. I understand like being a major fan of a player, right? I get it. I myself am a major fan of the Green Bay Packers. That's just how I come to it. People, you know, fan differently. This doesn't make one valid and one invalid or legit or illegit. You know what I mean? Like, I understand we're all passionate. It's all fan driven, fan for fanatic, you know? It's understandable. Matt, thanks for the super chat. What do you think of Demory Smith's comments on the combine? Do you think his point is valid or is it mostly just blowing smoke? I didn't see the comments on the combine. Um, if someone could illuminate me, is he talking about getting rid of it? Which, you know, I think is has been in the uh, kind of the ecos for the, the ether, so to speak, for a number of years now simply because most guys want to do stuff privately, the pro day, whatever, um, privately with teams. I mean, like having their 30, their pre-draft 30 visits, whatever. Um, and then, you know, doing their pro days and letting it stand. You saw last year, there were a number of guys who opted out of a lot of the testing. Does that continue this year at the combine? We'll see. I know the combine is set to be in Indy this year. And then next year they re-up for two more years when there were rumblings about bringing it out to LA, taking it out of the road, which I still think the NFL wants to do, uh, much like the draft. They want to make it a traveling show. It's an event. It's another tent pole, etc. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure about the comments. I'm sorry. Um, Corey's got me working on some, you know, live X stuff that made me miss those comments. So I apologize for that. 
I just blame Corey. Joe, thanks for the super chat. Goodell said officiating has never been better. Question mark, question mark. Now, these comments I did see. Um, to echo uh, what I was talking about before with co- fans who talk about guys and their confidence in Jordan Love, what do you expect them to say? <laughs> of course he's going to say that. Um, look, I do think, to the overall point that Goodell is making there, if you look at NFL officiating and what they are asked to do in real time, the physicality and speed and the athletes that they are asked to adjudicate in real time, they do a very good job as a whole, as a unit, as a collective. I agree. However, you cannot sit there with a straight face and tell me that there is consistency from week to week, from game to game, from crew to crew. And that is the issue. Yes, overall, call to call, play to play, they do a very good job. However, too many plays, too many instances are wide there. I mean, just laid bare for the world to see where the officials are having an effect on a football game, a negative effect by either creating a call where there is none or missing a call that is obvious. Or interpreting a call in a different way than it is being interpreted in a different game by a different crew. And I think the last one is the most egregious and the one that drives people the most kind of crazy, right? All we ask for is consistency. Hell, all we ask for is consistency within a single game. If something is a penalty in the first quarter for one team, it should be a penalty for the other team in the fourth quarter as well. That's all we ask. And I think there's way too many instances, especially in the playoffs, where that is very... I mean, you do not have to look much further than the Super Bowl last year when they're calling the game a very certain type of way right up until the end when they get that defensive pass interference call on the linebacker to gift the Rams a first down. A call that you can go back and watch the game. There are plenty of instances where that type of call could have been made, and yet they swallowed the whistles, they kept their flags in the pockets, as I think they should let them play. But if you're going to quote, let them play for the first three quarters, let them play the fourth quarter as well. That's the shit that drives me nuts. And I think most fans, consistency is the key. If you can just get it consistent, people will stop complaining. And also stop with the all-star crews. The all-star crews are so dumb. The whole idea of having this team, this group of guys and women working together all season long and then breaking them up and making, quote, all-star groups for the playoffs. It's asinine. Ridiculous. Uh, John Simitovich, thanks for the Super Chat. So you're saying beer has never looked better now? That's exactly what I'm saying. That is exactly what I'm saying. Dusty says, uh, D says he wants to end the combine. Yeah, like I said, that's been in the ether for a while. So I'm not surprised. You're just putting it out there. Um, Yeah, and like I said, I think most agents and players now are at to a point where i mean we kind of had this what was it last year coming out of covid and there was the brouhaha about uh vaccinated and unvaccinated players and who was going to be allowed in and blah 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 that was good the rumblings right were of well what is this thing what is the combine you know it's a marketing tool for the nfl why should these guys parade around for the cameras and for the advertisers that are associated with the production when they're not getting a cut of it I mean, this is before they sign an NFL contract. So I, this is, like I said, it's been trending this way. 
The NFL loves this because it's an event. It's another event like the draft that's going on when it's the offseason. They can sell big media money around it. And the players are sitting here going, well, wait a second. Or the soon-to-be NFL players are just thinking, wait a, wait a minute. What are we doing here? So I get it. I get that, that pull on the player side. Uh, I think D coming out and saying it out loud is most likely a trial balloon to try and get the NFL to the negotiating table for some, get, get the players a little cut, a little more. You know, that would be my guess. Uh, John, again, thanks for the super chat. Oh, and Jerry still fumbled. You damn right he did forever and ever. Bryson, thanks for the super chat. So the amount of resources we put in our O-line, I would expect more dominance, like 2014 or 03 level of kick-ass. Level of resources. Do you mean sheer numbers? I mean, they've drafted a lot of O-linemen, but they've let, drafted a lot of O-linemen in day three. Now, Myers, who we were talking about earlier, is obviously an exception. He was taken day two, but a lot of these guys are day three picks. Um, not all of them, obviously, but I hear you. I understand what you're saying. Although, you know, hell, David Bakhtiari was a day three pick. It's just the type of guy that you're looking for um, in a in the Packers offense, especially with the zone scheme. You don't have a lot of maulers. You know, you're, these aren't – you're not getting a bunch of uh, space eaters or mountain movers, right? You're getting a lot of athletes. And I think maybe that adds to the perception that they're not ass kickers. But I think Runyon's a glass chewer. You know, I think Elton Jenkins can hold his own with some of these guys, you know. So, although I, like I said, I, I hear what you're saying. You're not, it's not a group that you're thinking they're just going to blow people off the ball. No question about that. Uh, Steven, thanks for the super chat. Uh, would trading 12 give the Packers more leeway in free agency? Leeway. Leeway in what regard? Sorry, Steven. Uh, leeway in free agency more would they be able to participate more um not really um you know they're they take a cap a pretty significant cap hit um that they will undoubtedly try to spread out or will spread out um from this year and next year but there's still a hit and there's a lot of other contracts they got to touch uh outside of rogers to even get underneath the cap um and create the room necessary just to sign their rookie draft class, whatever that turns out to be, let alone participate in free agency. And I suspect they will. Russell will work what he has to work, and they will maybe dip their toe in like mid-level free agency, bargain bin style at times. But I wouldn't expect, uh, even if Rodgers has traded them, to be big players in free agency. They just think, they think this is the price. It's the price you pay for kicking the can the way they did the last three years. You know, they have, they've got to get right. And the way you do that is by not signing those big contracts in free agency. Now, that said, if there's someone they got to have, there's someone that Brian loves, you know, yeah, he'll probably go to Russ Ball and go, can you make this work? And Russ will go, yep. And they'll create a contract structure that makes it happen. But um, more likely than not, they will be, they will be um, on the outside looking in on a lot of free agency, especially early. Colin, Nags, did you play Fallen Order sequel soon? Good Star Wars year. Yes, I did play Fallen Order, and I've seen the uh, footage from the sequel, and I'm very excited. Very, very excited. <coughs> and Nags, did you sign on to the Vegas line, and now Rogers is going, going, gone, or think he's back to Green Bay? 
Gary, I know the, the drum beat is loud now for the Raiders. But as I said, I think it was earlier this week, you know, two weeks ago, it was all about, oh, my God, he's going to the Jets. This kind of stretch is, oh, my God, he's going to the Raiders. Let's see what's next, shall we? Um, next week after the Super Bowl, maybe a new, maybe it's, oh, my God, he's going to the Colts. Someone in Indianapolis will uh, hear from some distant relative on, on you know, uh, Roger's side, and they'll they'll talk about how they overheard in a restaurant how he's going to be an Indianapolis Colt. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I still think the best bet is that he's back. That's just me, but we'll see. Zanya, mm. that's a good question. Team, do teams assign scouts based on their knowledge and success with a certain position group, or do most teams still just assign scouts based on geographical territory? That's a really good question. As far as most teams, I'm not so sure, but with the Packers, I know it's very much still uh, geographical. Uh, guys are, you know, Western scouts or Southeast or what have you, and then they cover certain certain schools, certain kind of areas. And then um, two or three times a year, they're back in Green Bay when all the guy, all the personnel people kind of descend on um, Lambeau and have their meetings, uh, which they will undoubtedly be doing right now um, after the kind of the, the all-star circuit, right? The NFLPA Bowl, Senior Bowl, all those things. Once that's all wrapped up, they'll be back at Lambeau and they'll start constructing their draft board and then they'll kind of disperse back to their areas. So that's how Green Bay has done it for a long time and the Ron Wolf kind of tree. Uh, other teams may vary though. That's a very good question. I'm not so sure. Uh, what else we got? Barnes is now number four linebacker passed by McDuffie. I guess I see a linebacker conversation going on in the uh, chat here, which which warms my heart that we're talking about anything other than 12. Um, and look, uh, I think fair play. Although I will say, I think it's somewhat, it would be somewhat matchup dependent. I know at the end of the year, they were uh, kind of throwing guys in because of injuries or what have you. Uh, in certain games, but I do think McDuffie showed uh, really took a nice jump from year one to year two, certainly showed that sideline to sideline ability. I think if they were presented with a team that likes to run the ball a little bit more, it was a little bit more kind of power driven. I think you'd see Barnes over McDuffie. Um, but uh, if there's a team that likes to spread it out and they want to go sideline to sideline a little bit more, ask their inside backer to turn his hips and get upfield or get downfield, that's probably McDuffie. That would be my guess. Mm. Ooh, good question, Rick. What has the Eagles management done better than ours? God, that's a good question. Um, It's probably a longer answer. It is a longer answer, but the short answer is use every single avenue and be a little bit more imaginative. Whether you're talking about the trade with the Saints, uh, you're talking about when he took the quarterback, which the Packers did, obviously, but um, just being a little bit more imaginative and open to every single avenue. I think that's, you know, you look at what the job Howie Roseman's done uh, constructing this team, whether trading for A.J. Brown, uh, trading for the safety from New Orleans. Um, I just think they, they've been a little bit more, and I'm not even going to say aggressive, but just a little bit more imaginative, a little, a little bit more kind of uh, willing and able to look at every avenue. As opposed to being so closed off to um, new faces in the building, new faces in the locker room, uh, not being so precious with their core group, 
Um, though they still have a, a core that they like, obviously. That would be, to me, the major difference. It's not huge. I'm not talking, this is not a gulf that they have to you know, overcome or differentiate. But I think if there's a difference, that would be what jumps out to me. All right, everybody, I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on this video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go. Uh-huh.